Welcome back, readers. I hope you've enjoyed the first three chapters of Anything But Typical. Man, I love this book. I can't wait to see what's happening next. So we know that our main character, um, hold on just a second, Jason. Jason has a storyboard and it's online and he gets comments. So he has some friends that have been around since kindergarten, maybe not close friends. They don't have sleepovers and things like that. But, you know, we've just got a very unique character with some great strengths. So join me in Chapter 4. This is Anything But Typical by Nora Raleigh Baskin. And Simon & Schuster Books for Young Readers is allowing me to read this book to you. Chapter 4. There is no explanation for my little brother, Jeremy. There doesn't seem to be a word or label or reason for what he is. He simply is. He is a typical Nero typical or typical which means he's never had an aide in school and when he wants something or doesn't want something nobody seems to have a problem understanding what it is and even though he is only nine years old he is better than me at figuring out what other people want from him on the other hand he is afraid of bananas and from when he was Two and a half until about last year, Jeremy refused to wear sandals. He would kick and scream until his toes were safe inside a clean pair of socks and solid shoes. But nobody thought too much about that. Some of the weird things he does, my mother says, are modeled behavior, which is just another way of saying he learned them from me. Like his temper. And some of the things Jeremy does ha that have nothing to do with me get blamed on me anyhow. Like how he won't eat any food on his plate that has touched any other food on his plate. So my mother bought these dishes with separate compartments and said they were for me. But it was always Jeremy who couldn't take a fork of his potatoes without getting them all over his meat. Not me. He does do a lot of talking, but that doesn't mean anything, because even though it is harder for me to talk than to listen, and even though it is also hard for me to listen, I think it is much harder for NTs to listen than it is to talk. This is something I have observed over the years. When Jeremy was born, everyone was afraid I would hurt him. My mother would carry him down the basement with her when she did the laundry and she carried him in his little baby seat into the bathroom when, when, with her when she took a shower. Maybe she thought I didn't notice, but I did. And whenever they did let me hold him, someone was always right next to me. My grandmother, whose hands shake more than mine, would keep her right arm under the baby, even when I was sitting down and they put him on my lap. My grandmother always shouts at me when she talks, like she thinks I'm hard of hearing which is completely the opposite. I hear very, very well. My grandmother smells like chemicals and fake flowers. I know my grandmother when I smell her. I don't like to look at her face, but I can tell it's her every time. I don't like her very much. You are so good with your little, new little brother. I can tell you love him very much, my grandmother said that day. She said each word very slowly and very loudly. That was the first time I really understood what a lie was. I barely knew my little brother. He didn't do anything. I didn't love him. He pooped in his diaper and then he smiled, or smelled, and he cried. 
so I'd have to put my hands over my ears as tight as I could. I knew what love was. It was how I felt it sometimes when I was with my mother. The way I would sometimes feel just my head or sometimes just my toes and they'd feel warm. And I felt safe with my mother. I could breathe easily. I knew I didn't love my new little brother. But my daddy told me I would. Soon, he told me, soon Jeremy would be my best friend. He would want to play with with me more than anyone else in the world. He would let me share all his toys and he would laugh when I made a joke. My dad was teaching me some good jokes to tell. Soon, man, I had to wait another month until Jeremy could even smile and another 10 months at least until he would be able to walk. And then he would probably follow me around the house and want to do everything I was doing, but not yet. All Jeremy did then was cry and poop and take up space in my mother's arms and make it hard for me to breathe. I was looking at the skin at the top of Jeremy's head that you could see because he didn't have any hair. There was a tiny round hole in his skull that moved in and out. I wondered how he could do that. My mother said it's called a fontanelle and that all babies have one, but I wasn't sure about that. He moved it up and down, in and out, in a perfect rhythm. Maybe he was going to be really amazing. I just had to wait. Don't you, Jason? Now my grandmother was talking even louder, which I already knew people would do when they thought I wasn't listening, but I was always listening. I just didn't have anything to say. Don't you just love this little baby boy? My mother had told me I needed to answer when that happened. She had a little sign she'd make with her hands. I needed to say something, no matter how hard it was. If someone asks you a question, you're supposed to say something, especially if they ask it twice, even though you'd think they'd get the hint the first time. I had already learned that if I concentrated on my mouth long enough, I could get the right words to come out. At least one right word. But most people didn't wait long enough for the right words, so I opened my mouth. No, I said. You don't mean that! Of course you love your little brother, my grandmother said. I said it again. No. That's when she took my baby brother off my lap. Chapter 5 Are you going to read your emails now, Jeremy is asking me? The best thing about Jeremy is that I don't ever have to answer him, not with words anyway, and I don't ever have to look at him in the face. He doesn't even want me to. He likes to talk to me while he's watching TV or reading one of his comic books or biting his nails, which is what he is doing right now. He is very serious about biting his nails. Excuse me, my mom is always telling him to stop, so Jeremy doesn't ever do it when she can see him. That is one thing I really admire about my little brother. He is very tricky about biting his nails. I want him to be a little more quiet about it, though. The clicking noise his teeth make on his fingernails bothers me. My hands fly around my head. I don't really think about doing this. It's more like my hands know what to do all by themselves. They know it makes my mind feel better. Oh, sorry, Jeremy says, and he stops. Or he tries to be more quiet about it. I'm not sure which, but I keep my eyes on the screen. I am waiting for my web pages to appear. It won't take long now that I'm home. My computer is faster than the one in the library. 
So now, are you going to go on the internet now? But the internet, it's not really a place you can go. It's not really a net at all. But it is the biggest, most complex place in the whole world. It hosts hundreds of languages, millions of words, billions and billions of bytes of information every single second. It's similar to what goes into my brain and what comes out of my mouth. It is very hard to explain. But I will try because I love Jeremy. I tell him about my story on Storyboard. You're the best writer in the whole world, Jason. Jeremy is still talking. I bet a hundred million people read your story and you're going to be a famous writer when you grow up. Jeremy knows because I told him that probably very few people have viewed my story since I posted it last week and that only two people have written comments. But that is how Jeremy is. He doesn't think very much about the meaning of the words that come out of his mouth. It took me a long time and more careful observation to figure this out. People don't mean everything they say, my mother has told me. So has my physical therapist. Then what do they say? Why do people say things they really don't mean? So far, no one has given me a very good answer to that. I click on my second response, the one from Phoenixburg, the one I was saving until I got home. Now I'm home. I feel I could have written your story. It is so beautiful. I have to go to cheerleading practice, but I can't wait for your next story. I read it again. Sometimes the same words and letters can have different meanings, so you have to be careful. Why are you so quiet, Jason? Jeremy doesn't mean quiet. I'm always quiet. He means still. I can feel my body sitting in this chair. I can feel my feet inside my shoes touching the floor and my legs flat on the edge of the seat. My head, my arms, my fingers resting on the keyboard but not pressing down all at the same time, which I usually can't do and none of them is moving. I am still. I am completely still and I know it. I read the comment one more time because something tells me that this note is from a girl. There are some boy cheerleaders, but I don't think a boy would admit that. So I think Phoenix Burr is a girl. So I think a girl has just said something nice to me. Chapter six. Last year for our summer vacation, we went to New Jersey. Jeremy really wanted to go to Disneyland, but we went to New Jersey. We stayed in a house on the beach. One afternoon, Dad and Jeremy drove to Six Flags Great Adventure because Dad said it was just like Disneyland. I didn't want to go. I don't like rides. I don't like bright lights, and I really don't like crowds and loud noise. Six Flags really isn't anything like Disneyland. Even Jeremy knew that. Sorry, Jason, my mother said after Jeremy and Dad left for Six Flags Great Adventure, which was really odd because there wasn't any reason for her to be sorry for me. I didn't want to go. Unless she was really sorry for herself, which happens sometimes, but she'd never say that. She probably didn't like staying in our beach house playing Scrabble anymore. My mother isn't as good at Scrabble as I am. She might be sorry about that. So, how about you and I go out for to a special restaurant, my mother asked me. We were in our rented house, but we had some stuff from home. We had our own sheets and pillows and blankets. Of course, we brought our own Scrabble set. My mom also packed for me a plate, a glass and silverware. So then Jeremy wanted his own from home too. 
Mom didn't want to, but Dad said we could make room in the car. But Mom was mad about it. I couldn't tell from her face, but she shut. She did shut the door really hard. So she could be sorry about that. So how about it, Jason? Just you and me, like old times? Just like old times, I said. It was easy sometimes to just say the last words I had heard when I knew she wanted me to say something. And I knew my mother wanted something from me. I knew every time, but there was nothing I could do. So sometimes she would cry. Sometimes she would just close her fists very tightly, squeeze her eyes shut, and that's when I could look at her. My mother's face is very beautiful, like hills of softness and careful arches of tiny hair and moving lips, white teeth. We went to the Channel Marker restaurant, just me and my mother, just like old times. My mother asked for a table in the farthest corner like we always do. But there was a wait. We had to wait. Wait. We can wait, can't we, Jason, my mother said. Relax your face, Jason. Take out your book. We sat down on a hard wooden bench and I started to read. Relax your face, Jason. She put up two fingers on the side of my head. We still waited, and I read my book that my mom always brings for me. Jason, I have to use the bathroom. I'll be right back. Stay here. Okay, Jason? Just stay here. I'll be right back. I nodded again. I kept my eyes on my book, even though it was hard to concentrate. It was noisy in the restaurant. Every time the door opened, I could hear cars driving by on the road. I heard a dog bark outside, and I heard the wood floor creak when someone walked by the doorway to the kitchen. My occupational therapist was teaching me how to try and block out all these sounds. She taught me to hear them one by one and then send them away. Hear them, hold them, and let them go. Until, finally, all I saw were the words on the page, and all I heard was my own breathing, and I knew I was calm. I could wait. I kept reading. I knew I was calm, and I was proud of myself. My mother would come back from the bathroom, and I would not be blinking or flapping or rocking. I would be reading, and no one would know any different. No one would have to see me. I heard two pairs of feet come close, and then girls' voices. Ask him. Come on, ask him. No, you ask him. I kept my head down, but I let my eyes leave the, my book to the shoes, the girl's shoes on the floor, two girls, and then a hand, a girl's hand. It waved at me. At me? I could look up and then down again. It was a girl, her mouth turned up, her teeth showing. Her eyes were directed right at me. I wasn't sure what she was trying to say, but I knew she wanted something. Did I know her? Was this someone I was supposed to know? Sometimes I have trouble recognizing people I'm supposed to know, especially if there's nothing for me to use as a clue, like a particular kind of hair, very long or very straight or very black, in combination with something else, like a beard or glasses or being very fat or braces or their teeth, or where they are when I see them like the doctor's office, or the gas station, or the library. I wished my mother would come back. She would know who these girls were. She would talk to them. I looked in the direction she walked away. There were so many people, 
so many legs and so much noise. What am I supposed to do? You think he's cute. You ask him. Katie! You didn't hear me. Ask him. I did hear them. I heard them and then I understood. But it was too late. I tried to think of everything I was supposed to do. But it was too late. The button of my jeans was poking me in the stomach, and the collar of my shirt was rubbing on my neck. The lights from the ceiling were hurting my eyes. There was a horrible smell coming from a tray that went by. I knew. That girl was waving at me. She wants to be my friend. She thinks I'm cute. Cute. No one had ever called me cute before, other than my mother. No one. I knew what it meant now. But it was too late. Why is he doing that? Doing what? What was I doing? I knew what, I, what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I can feel it, but I can't stop. It's too late. Ew, Katie, look! Is he smiling at you? Ew, no, it's just his face. Let's go. They stood up, the girl's shoes and the girl's voices. Voices were whispers now, but they were louder. I could hear them. The shoes were moving away. You gross, he's so weird. Move, Katie. Well, move faster. A couple of days later, it occurred to me that what had happened and what it meant and what it would mean to me forever. I thought then my mother was wrong about me and girls growing up and having a normal life, about finding someone who thinks I'm different, special about having a girlfriend until just now until I got an email from Phoenixburg who's definitely a girl alright readers we'll cut it short there I just could go on and on I'm going to drop this and I'll try to drop another chapter possibly this weekend another several chapters because it's so good I just want to keep reading it to you hope you're enjoying it I will talk to you soon happy reading